Hello and welcome to Boiled Down. I'm your host, Greg Askley, Director of Government Affairs for the Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association. Today we're going to be talking about federal advocacy efforts with Mike Watley, Vice President, State Affairs and Grassroots Advocacy with the National Restaurant Association, and Michael A. Aguilar, State Affairs Manager with the National Restaurant Association. But first, we want to make sure you're getting the most out of your membership. And to help you do that, we'd like to highlight a benefit that you may or may not be aware of. Did you know Orla has partnered with Clover to provide you with a suite of payment processing and business management solutions to help you do business easier and process transactions securely and reliably. You can accept almost any kind of payment, credit, check, cash, gift cards, EMV chip cards, and mobile wallets such as Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, and Google Pay. And with your Orla membership, you get a discounted flat swiped rate of 2.3% plus a 0.05 cents per transaction. Any additional fees are waived as an Orla member. If you're not a member, you can visit OregonRLA.org where you can join and start taking advantage of the many exclusive cost-saving benefits. And now I'm very excited to introduce our guests, Mike Watley, again, Vice President, State Affairs and Grassroots Advocacy with the National Restaurant Association, and Michael A. Aguilar, State Affairs Manager with the National Restaurant Association. Welcome to Boil Down. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for having us, Greg. You bet. I appreciate it. I know you guys are gearing up for the Public Affairs Conference. We're going to talk about that a little bit later here in the podcast. Uh, but in the meantime, to start things off, I want to uh, you know, welcome Michael. Uh, to the National Restaurant Association, to our, our family in the hospitality industry. Um, and Michael, I'm going to ask you just to talk a little bit about what your first, I guess it's been, what, about a month now, uh, what that's been like for you and kind of what your role entails. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for having us on, Greg. It's uh, really nice to chat with you and your audience today. Um, but yeah, you hit it right on the head. This is my fourth week. So we're coming up on a month here with the National Restaurant Association. Uh, I'm really excited to have been able to join uh this industry and, and uh, I've been learning a lot about the industry and uh, a lot about the different, um, I guess, hurdles and, and regulations that are coming our way in a variety of different states. Uh, before I was at the uh, National Restaurant Association, I was over at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University uh, doing government affairs work there uh, in 15 Western states. So um, in my role here, uh, it's nice to be able to apply some of that experience that I have working in the Western states um, and for, for everyone listening, my role at the, uh, in the state affairs team will be to serve as uh, sort of a liaison with our state restaurant association partners um, from Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, and everything west of it, and of course, including Oregon. Uh, it's, it's a region of the country that's near and dear to my heart. I was born in southern Colorado, uh, raised there, and, and spent a lot of time in New Mexico where I went to school. Uh, was first in my family to graduate with a degree from the University of New Mexico. Uh, and uh, I love that state as well. I spent some time doing association work there uh, and in Texas as well. So uh, really excited to be joining the uh, National Restaurant Association. Mike Watley and his team has been very hospitable and I've been learning a whole lot. And, um, you know, a month in, I, I'm, I'm excited to continue going and, and keep learning about this, this very large and complex industry. Well, that's great, Michael. We're really glad to have you here. Um, as you might imagine, on the West Coast, you know, Washington, Oregon, California, we tend to be a little bit different than some of the other states. Um, we tend to be a leader. Sometimes that's not a good thing uh, when we do things like statewide predictive scheduling or some of the other issues that come your way. But um, as always, 
you know, we appreciate the partnership with the National Restaurant Association and the support that you guys have been able to provide for us there. Um, it's nice to have that liaison. Uh, they've done, you know, Mike, you guys have done a great job, obviously, in the past with all this and um, looking forward to Michael's involvement as well. As you look across kind of those Western states, Michael, what are some of the things, and I know it's early, but what are some of the topics that you see popping up in, in different states? Well, I'm coming in at an interesting time because a lot of the state uh, legislatures are out of session now, but uh, there are a few that are still in session. And I think since I've joined, the single issue that's taken up most of my time is uh, in California, um, which is Assembly Bill 257, uh, the uh, Fast Recovery Act, or, or simply the FAST Act. Um, this bill is quite the doozy. It, uh, it was originally introduced in 2021, uh, was not uh, successful in passing the Assembly, uh, out of the assembly um but uh, the legislature brought it back and uh in late J january i want to say it passed the assembly um and is now headed to the senate so that bill is interesting because it would do it would create an 11 member uh fast food sector council appointed by uh the governor and state legislatures or state state legislators to review and continue um to review workplace standards for employees uh, of quick service restaurants with 30 or more establishments nationwide. Uh, so theoretically, uh, an operator can have one location in California, uh, 29 locations and you know throughout the rest of the United States and be subject to um, the 11 member fast food sector council, uh, which would be able to um, create and implement standards that review wages, working conditions, uh, training requirements and a whole other um, list of issues that would have directly affect um, the franchise model. That uh, sounds like a pretty intrusive piece of legislation. <laughs> Mike's nodding along here. Yeah, I, he would agree. Unprecedented. We've never we've never seen something like this before. It's just it's just in the midst of coming out of a pandemic. It's pretty it's pretty incredible. Yeah, well, I and the bill, the bill actually also allows um, populations or municipalities, cities and counties that have uh, populations greater than 200,000 to have their own local uh, fast food sector council. So it would, add, it would add an additional element to that. And uh, the local council would essentially be able to advise and um, issue suggestions and, and whatnot to the statewide uh, fast food sector council. So there's a lot of different elements and different levels of bureaucracy that this bill would add to, um, uh, you know, the quick service restaurant industry. And, and it's it's something that we're, we're paying a lot of attention, attention to. Yeah, it's something that uh, has popped up on our radar. I have a good relationship with Matt Sutton from the California Restaurant Association. We keep in touch about this kind of legislation, uh, along with the folks up in Washington state as well, uh, Julia Gorton and John Lane. So we we tend to keep in good contact because those ideas seem to migrate along the West Coast. And um, it's interesting because we've defeated the last two legislative sessions, uh, poorly written franchise bills, uh, which were pretty intrusive as well. But this really takes it to a whole nother level uh, when you're talking about things like wages and scheduling. Um, you know, it, it really really does get into how you operate your business and having uh, government be in the middle of how you do that. Um, so we'll, we'll be curious to hear how that continues to progress if it does and, and um, if there are modifications to it as well. So, well, great. Well, let me, uh, let me shift a little bit here. And Michael, thanks again. I appreciate you, know, you kind of filling us in and we'll definitely take advantage of your position there and, and make sure that we're staying in touch with you about what's happening in Oregon. 
Um, let's talk about some of the federal advocacy efforts that are going on right now. So RRF, the Restaurant Revitalization Fund. Um, Mike, I know we've had a couple of conversations uh, over the last couple of weeks on calls with other state restaurant associations and Sean Kennedy from the National Restaurant Association. But what's our current status on the RRF? Well, first off, thanks for having us. And just to backtrack for a second, thanks for thanks for inviting Michael on. You know, our state and local team is growing here, and it's really a commitment on the National Restaurant Association's part to providing additional resources and additional tools to our state associations in terms of personnel, in terms of resources. Because if we've learned anything during the the pandemic, it's that every single one of our state restaurant associations are the core of the advocacy efforts of the industry. And so providing resources to Orla and your peers across the country is really important to us. So it's a rededication and a further commitment that we're all one, we're all one voice, we're all fighting for, for the industry and every single restaurant in this country. Yeah, And that segues nicely to the Restaurant Revitalization Fund. When I was out with, with you and the team in Bend and it, seems quite a while ago, back in the fall, we were having a conversation about RRF replenishment then. And end of the day, for those 2,593 restaurants in Oregon that did not receive funding, nothing has changed. They still haven't received that funding. And it's a big challenge for them. And something that we're continuing to, to push on the House passage of the replenishment bill it's a great first step. We're continuing to push the Senate. You need 60 votes, which means you need 10 Republican senators and all Democratic senators. So, you know, it's it's still a tough uphill climb. There's a lot of partisanship in D.C., um, a lot of thinking uh, across the country that the pandemic is, is, is over. And whether you disagree yeah. with that or not, you know, it it does impact the conversation in terms of allocating additional money to RF, additional federal spending on the pandemic. And oh, by the way, you know, there was an inflation report today. We're having the highest inflation in, in, in decades, you know, and you want to do more spending. Your listeners know the story. You know, we were one of the first industries to be shut down, one of the most uniquely impacted by the pandemic. You can't have a new normal in restaurants until everyone feels comfortable being together. There's no real social distancing in the hospitality environment. You can do it. We, we did it the last two years, but you saw the devastation it had to the industry. Just this week, Philadelphia announced they're bringing back their mask mandate. So I the pandemic is, is not over. And so, you know, even just that and people seeing that headline brings back shockwaves into the consumer demand, makes certain customers not want to go back out to restaurants, or maybe they haven't even returned to begin with. So the need is definitely still there. You know, there are so many restaurants in, in Oregon and elsewhere that are, are barely hanging on right now. And we're pushing for it. We're encouraging all of our operator members to, while Congress is in recess, talk to their senators when they're back home, tell the story and push for RRF because one third of restaurants got it and it's, it's done a lot of good work for them. But for two thirds, they're now at a competitive disadvantage to a certain extent. And RRF to date has, has picked winners and losers, despite being a great program, being underfunded. It's just what happened. Yeah, it's the two things that I talk about, whether I'm speaking with the media or our elected officials is, number one, you know, it, it took us two years to get to the point that we're at right now. And it's not going to take us two weeks or two months to get out of it. Um, and so we need to continue to support, especially the hospitality industry that was hit so hard by this. And the second thing is, although your favorite restaurant 
may look like it's doing fine now. The fact is it probably has two years of debt that it's still having to pay off to keep its doors open. And if they are doing well, they're probably only at half capacity because of staffing shortages, supply chain issues, and anything else that might be you know, impacting us right now, inflation. So um, you know, those two things are, are what I hit on. I'm sure you hear that from a lot of other folks around the country. And that's one of the biggest sticking points we've had of lawmakers go out to restaurants and see a packed house and go, you guys are back, right? Things are good. And, you know, things are getting better. You know, we're in a different place than we were two years ago, for sure. Mm-hmm. We were last year, but you have so much debt that's accumulated that just doesn't go away overnight. Number one and number two, and your members know this, the restaurant looks full, but i almost guarantee that in some way, shape or form, they've pulled tables or they aren't offering as much patio seating as they would like or what have you. So it looks full, but because of the way the labor market is right now, they just don't have enough employees to be operating at full capacity. So perception is one thing of, oh, pandemic's over, restaurants are back. It's more complicated than that. Yeah. And speaking of labor, uh, can you touch briefly on the progress on the fourth quarter EITC? I know that's another program that we've really been working hard at to try to get money back into the hands of those employers to help alleviate some of that debt. Yeah. So, you know, two things on the ERTC front. One, you have the payments that are due and owed by the IRS that haven't come in yet. And then secondly, um, reinstating fourth quarter ERTC for uh, 2021. So on the payment front, uh, last week, 68 members of Congress sent a letter to the IRS encouraging those payments to be processed as quickly as possible. The IRS backlog, both for, for our issues, but also for uh, income tax payments, you know, it's, it's going to get more complicated because tax days, uh, I believe, early next week. So, you know, the IRS is busy, but we're pushing to get that money out there. But then also on the reinstatement for fourth quarter 2021, Um, Five more co-sponsors joined last week for HR 6161. You're now at 80 different co-sponsors from 32 states. So it's a bipartisan bill, but, you know, back to the RRF conversation, there's not a whole lot passing in Congress these days. You saw a lot of activity during the pandemic, you know, trillions and trillions spent. But where we are now, we're back to that partisan gridlock where things are just not passing quickly, even if they are bipartisan, it makes sense. So we're continuing to push for it. There's good progress, but we have to keep on pushing. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that bills that make sense have ever made it out of Congress, have they? You know, <laughs> when it does happen, it's fleeting for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back to talk about the public affairs conference and a little bit more about what's happening in DC. Now, here's a question for you. What could you do with a cash infusion of more than $100,000? How might that help your business bounce back? The Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association wants you to find out. Call the COVID Cash Lifeline ERC Support Center at 888-856-0630. You'll get expedited filing for federal pandemic relief. Find out how much you qualify for by calling 888 888- 856-0630 now. Well, welcome back to Boiled Down. We're discussing federal advocacy efforts with Mike and Michael from the National Restaurant Association. 
And right now, I want to talk a little bit about the public affairs conference that's coming up. Um, it's uh, less than two weeks away. Uh, it's something that I've enjoyed going to. It gives me the opportunity, obviously, to go up to the Hill and uh, talk to our members of Congress about some important issues. And you guys always have fantastic speakers. Um, what a great opportunity for us to hear from some of the folks that are really, you know, making the decisions uh, in D.C. So, um, Mike, do you want to tell us a little bit about who's on the docket this year for the agenda? Sure. First thing, we're we're really happy to be back in person this year. Last year we were we were virtual because of the pandemic. 2020, we actually were in person. We were right before the lockdowns happened by about a week, which was uh, good timing on our part. But you know, there's the content last year was great, but there's only so much you can do in a virtual setting in a virtual conference. So we're very happy to be back here in DC. The the weather is looking good. It's warming up here in DC, so that'll be nice. We're at the Grand Hyatt. And we've got a great speaking cast. So headliners are former House Speaker John Boehner, and then also Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia, who is arguably the most powerful, biggest power player in D.C. right now. Bill's a kind of pass or die based upon what Senator Manchin thinks. So we're really excited to have him be a part of the conversation. Former Speaker Boehner will be great. Uh, hopefully we'll offer his very candid thoughts on the state of politics in DC and elsewhere, but it should be a really good conversation. We're excited about it. Anna Palmer from Punchbowl um, News will also be there. Uh, we're very excited to have her to get the insider's perspective on what's happening uh, in DC right now. So a really great conference. Oh, and I almost can't forget, uh, Steve's Congressman Steve Scalise will be joining us for breakfast on Wednesday morning. So we're very excited. It's a packed panel. He was just added recently. So very excited to have the Congressman join us, um, but lots, Lots to talk about, lots to discuss, but overall, just really happy to be back here in person. For a lot of us, it'll also be our first introduction to the new CEO for the National Restaurant Association. Yes, we're very excited uh, to have our new CEO there. Um, as part of the conversation, Michelle Corzmo will be joining us. Won't have officially started yet, but we'll be there for, for part of it. So we're, we're excited to, to have her see the Public Affairs Conference, which has really become kind of the association's biggest production. Um, in terms of public policy. So we're excited to, to have everyone in DC. Yeah. Now, Hill visits, I know, are, are a little different this year. We're still, I guess, feeling some of the after effects of the, the pandemic and the masks and, and the rest of that. I know we have instructions from some of our congressional delegation as to, you know, people have to be vaccinated. If, you know, we wear masks, they'll wear masks, those kinds of things. And I know some offices still aren't open, but, um, you know, what What can you talk about in terms of the Hill visits? And I know you guys have secured some space for uh, those folks that can't do office visits. The number one thing we're asking our attendees for is patience. Um, you know, restaurant operators are encouraging customers to be patient right now in terms of all the supply chain challenges and labor shortages. We're asking everyone to be patient in their Hill visits. Things are changing by the week. Congress is very much opening back up, which is great but different offices are approaching it in different ways. So it, some offices wanna meet in person and are fine with that. You know, there are some offices that are only meeting virtually. So we're trying to figure that out on a case by case basis. Uh, we, are, we are hopeful it won't rain that day, but if it does, we have umbrellas ordered in case folks are having to wait outside, but no, I mean, it should be good. It'll be nice to be back in person, but I think patience is the key this year in terms of meeting with lawmakers. Yeah. 
Well, I, I want to make a pitch here. We do have a contingent joining us in DC, uh, which is great. We always manage to get a few folks that will travel all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a trip, but I think it's worth it, uh, again, to be in those offices. And um, Michael, I don't know if you've heard from uh, some of the other states, if they're bringing, you know, operators and uh, folks that are going to be joining us on the Hill to talk about uh, the issues, which we'll get to in just a second. But what are you hearing from some of the other states that you're interacting with right now? Yeah, it sounds like a lot of the states are planning to bring, um, you know, members of their own communities, operators of, of different uh, restaurants. So um, they're all really excited to, to be back in person, like Mike mentioned. Uh, I'm excited to experience my first public affairs conference. So um, I think there's a, a lot of excitement just because of the in-person aspect, um, the willingness for so many uh, supporters and operators to join their, their state restaurant associations uh, in that trip. Like you said, uh, all of my states are coming from the Western region of this country. So it's much more of, a, of, a, of an ask to get a lot of folks to make that trip to DC. So um, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to meet everybody from the states, um, to kind of put a, a face to the Zoom and to uh, uh, you know start building those relationships. And, and um, I'm, I'm really excited to hear our speakers speak as well. Well, uh, the first drink's on me at Bullfeathers when we get there. How about that? I'll hold you to that. <laughs> well, we've already talked about a couple of the issues that uh, National Restaurant Association would like to talk about on the Hill, uh, the uh, ERTC and the RRF. Um, what are some of the other issues, Mike, that we are going to be discussing when we get up there on the Hill? Yeah, we talked about RRF, um, which will still be kind of uh, in limbo when we're up there. So we'll be pushing on that ERTC. Um, an issue that is of less relevance to our friends in Oregon because there's no tip credit in Oregon, but uh, nationally there continue to be, to, continues to be conversation about tip credit elimination. So we'll be talking about uh, why we as an association do not want that to happen and the pros of the current tipping system. And then finally, the labor shortage and workforce challenges. And you know, there's so much going on there. There's no one simple solution but one aspect we are going to be talking about, and I'm going to look at my notes so I don't butcher the, the name, but the EWEA, the Essential Workers for Economic Advancement Act, introduced last week, it's HR 7239. This is a three-year market-driven non-immigrant visa program that basically, while it's by no means a panacea for all of the challenges we're having right now, is a program that's being designed that has been introduced that will hopefully help alleviate some of the challenges involving workforce. It's an, we're very much in an all of the above solution. So would encourage people who are attending the conference to talk to their lawmakers about the employment challenges they're having. But this is, this is one piece of a larger puzzle in terms of how we get um, the workers that we need to, to be in restaurants. But you know, it, it, we, we encourage attendees to be topical in terms of the pri issue priorities, but it's also important just to humanize the industry and talk about the challenges you're facing. For many of these lawmakers, you may not have seen them in person in a while. So it's important just to talk about what you're experiencing right now. Uh, you know, stay relevant. Uh, you can talk about local sports teams, et cetera, but just really kind of focus in on your business, the impact, and then specific policies and how they can be helpful. Yeah. My experience, obviously, uh, on those hill visits is you have a limited amount of time. Exactly. Um, sometimes you don't necessarily get the congressional member, it's a staffer, but that's just as important to talk to them about it. They pass along relevant information. And 
developing those kinds of key relationships is very critical. Um, you know, we want to be that resource for them. We want them to pick up the phone and call our operators, call us when there's something that we think is going to impact them. Uh, Michael, I'm sure you're going to hear and see more about that at the state level as well. Um, whether it's through programs like the Portland Kitchen Cabinet that we're going to that I'm going to talk about later in our advocacy watch, uh, which is in partnership with the National Restaurant Association, or whether it's just having those you know hill visits locally uh, in your state uh, where you go to the Capitol and, and talk to your lawmakers or your even local elected officials who make a lot of laws nowadays too, as we were just talking about earlier with the uh, the quick service uh, advocacy group there that we talked about. So. Um, so talking about DC a little bit, um, what is kind of the mood? What are you, what are you both seeing and hearing from, you know, the, the folks uh, like Dan and the rest of them on the NRA staff that are up on Capitol Hill? Um, you know, we've got inflation, like you mentioned already, Mike, we've got the crisis in the Ukraine, the war, um, gas prices are going through the roof, supply chain, labor issues, everything else. What, what are kind of the, the congressionally, what's the mood? I would say partisanship is back at, you know, at a level it was a couple of years ago. It's been interesting the past couple of years because you had almost a brief, brief moment of unity during the height of the pandemic in terms of this is a disaster that none of us ever planned or could have imagined. We need to come together, pass bills to help businesses, be in it together. You know, that fell apart. And, you know, you had a very um, polarizing election. You know, there was perhaps a brief honeymoon period right after that, but it was a very brief one, um, you know, and we're back to partisan gridlock. And oh, by the way, there's an election this November that's likely going to flip control of at least one house. So there's less desire to pass bipartisan bills like RRF replenishment that make a lot of sense. Um, and it's unfortunate. But that's part of why it's so important for, for us to tell our story. We did as an industry did a fantastic job in the pandemic of telling our story, explaining why the pandemic uniquely applied to us. Orla did a fantastic job, state, locally, um, and passed important wins like, like Cocktails to Go and other major bills that are a big deal going forward. We have to keep that momentum going. We have to continue to leverage those new relationships we have, local level, state level, federal level, to tell our story for the entire industry. And it, it, we're getting less of the media coming to us and saying, tell us about how the pandemic is impacting your business. We're, we're in fewer stories now, just to be honest. So we have to be more aggressive about how we're out there telling our story and showing that like the industry hasn't recovered from the pandemic. We have all of these new challenges out there. And oh, by the way, we're still trying to run our businesses every day. So just telling that story, taking time for advocacy, which is tough, but important. Um, and that's a big message that we have for all of our members is make sure you're telling your story in whatever way you're able to. Yeah. And, and Michael, it may be too soon to ask you this. So if it is, let me know. But are you seeing that same partisanship in, in those state legislatures that are still in session? Are you hearing that from uh, other states that you're dealing with that that it is kind of back to business as usual in the state chambers? Yeah, you know, um, like I said, before I came to the Restaurant Association, I, I worked in the state legislatures in the Western states for, for um, a few years. And I think during the pandemic, there was the, the call for unity for in a lot of the states as well. Um, I do think that uh, partisanship is on the rise in a lot of states. Um, I, I think that in the states, it's still more, it's, it's more possible to um, 
get bills across and to get things done. And that may be for the better or for the worse of the, of the industry. And, and that's important to, to keep in your, in mind. Um, so, you know, states are always, you know, referred to as the laboratories of democracy. So it's important to, um, keep up the pressure on your own state legislators, uh, take time for advocacy, like Mike said, um, and to continue telling your story because whether it's at the local level, the state level, the federal level, people need to hear from our industry and for, and from people who are, uh, continuously being impacted by the pandemic and um, it, it's it's not over yet and we need to continue moving forward. All right. Well, uh, we're going to wrap things up here in just a minute, but before we do, Michael, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you'd like to talk about for a minute? Uh, no, not really. I just want to thank you again, Greg, for inviting us on. And I'm, I'm you know, really appreciative of being able to chat with your audience and, and chat with you. And um, if, uh, you, of course, you have anything that you want to talk about, or if any of your members want to chat with me or with Mike, um, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm always available. Well, I appreciate that. Mike, I'll give you the same opportunity. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you want to mention? Yeah, thanks for having us on. Um, really appreciate it. And I will just say for the benefit of your, for your, of your members and listeners, you have a great team here at Orla. You, know, you, you guys do great work locally your kitchen cabinet is a you know a fantastic program um you've had some big state wins during the pandemic federally you guys are great partners so thank you for the partnership um we're looking forward to continuing it and enhancing it going forward but uh we just really appreciate all the work that you guys do for the industry and your members well thanks mike it, it truly is a partnership i know uh jason and i and the rest of the team at orla feel that way as well it's uh it's nice to feel supported by our national partners and know that we can count on you to come out and uh, visit with us. Although maybe you get as much out of those visits to Oregon as we do, but um, you know, we appreciate having the kind of insight that you're able to provide as well. So thank you both for being here. Uh, we're going to take another quick break and then we'll come back to wrap things up. So how much is 10 minutes of your time worth? A thousand dollars, 10,000? How about $26,000 per employee? That's how much you're likely eligible for in federal pandemic relief. You can find out more with a 10 minute phone call to the Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association's COVID Cash Lifeline at 888-856-0630. Our experts will handle the paperwork and you can cash the check. Call now. All right, welcome back. It's time for Advocacy Watch. This is where we boil down some of the local, state, and national government affairs issues that you should be aware of. Now, obviously, we just talked a lot about federal, so we're not going to talk about that a lot, but uh, we do want to talk about uh, local issues. Uh, the short-term rental issue is one that we're continuing to see uh, crop up, especially on the Oregon coast, where we have counties, especially the unincorporated areas, uh, the county commissioners in certain places like Clatsop County, are looking at restricting short-term rentals. Uh, it's an issue that we'll continue to keep an eye on. We know that it uh, impacts our lodging tax revenue if those short-term rentals are not allowed to be in existence. So look for more information on our website or through email or other communications from Orla in the near future. At the state level, we do have an election coming up this May with over 30 candidates from the two major parties running for governor. It's definitely a crowded field. We do have state rep and state senate races coming up as well. We do have some restaurant operators who have thrown their, their name in the ring for those uh, positions. And we have one, Sherry Helt, who's running for Bully Commissioner, the Bureau of Labor and Industries. 
At the local level, our Portland Kitchen Cabinet, which is a partnership with the National Restaurant Association, is one of our leadership councils around the state that is working to develop better relationships with elected officials, enact some goodwill initiatives, and continue to stay on top of the issues that matter to operators. The companion to that is the Portland Lodging Alliance, but we also have leadership teams in Central Oregon, along the North, Central, and South Coasts, and we're developing them in the Willamette Valley and out in Eastern Oregon. If you'd like more information, you can contact me, Greg Astley, at astley at oregonrla.org for more information or to learn how you can be a part of one of those leadership teams. Finally, I want to invite you to attend, to donate, to sponsor to the One Big Night Dinner and Auction. It's Orla's annual PAC fundraiser, our political action committee, and it's our biggest one of the year. The money that we raise from this event helps us to gain and keep access to our elected officials in the legislature. It's critically important, especially as we continue to recover from the pandemic, that we get our PAC up as as much as we can, and we appreciate your support. If you'd like more information, you can visit www.oregonrla.org and find out how you can donate items for the auction, how you can buy tickets to attend the event, or how you can become a sponsor to help defray costs. Again, Orla's One Big Night Dinner and Auction is Tuesday, June 7th, and we hope to see you there. I'd like to say thank you again to Mike Watley and Michael Aguilar with the National Restaurant Association and to you for joining me today. I'm your host, Greg Astley, Director of Government Affairs for the Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association. Thanks for listening.